Uh, Basil Build, I put this out in there. This is uh, Google's distributed, scalable, very fast build technology that we've been trying to learn about. And because I said Google, my phone is interested. Um, <laughs> and I, w my team has been trying to learn about it, and I thought I would just bring it up in case people want to know more about it. If you have any questions, it might be useful to you or not. Um, it, so the the things that are interesting about it, um, it's a hermetic build in that it knows exactly what all the inputs and outputs are for each stage in the build. It doesn't take you can set up so it doesn't take dependencies from the environment that you're building in. Uh, everything is prescribed in the build, so. You should be able to have a fully reproducible build even 10 years later. Um, you know exactly uh, what went into the build, so for auditing purposes, you, you have good information about that. Uh, it, it also, one thing that builds on that is if I build some, some code, the results can be cached, and then when Eric tries to build the same stuff, it, Eric can get the cached results because we know that my inputs and Eric and inputs are exactly the same, so the results are valid for both of our contexts. So this gets you uh, distribution and scaling and caching, as well as the correctness. Um, yeah, that's my intro What are the, the biggest downsides, let's say? What? So it's an expensive system to adopt. Like, you really have to dial in every detail. Uh, I would not suggest it for a small side project. You really need to be ready to have at least one person who's an expert in Bazel and be ready to invest in uh, building out all of the configuration for your context, uh, the details of how your build works, and be ready to maintain that. But for our context, where our build is an hour or more, investing in that is worthwhile. Is it a um, like a purchasable server type of thing that you run locally or on-premise? So the software itself, hey Will, is software itself is open source. Yeah. Um, you can what you would normally do is build on your development machine yeah. using whatever hardware you have. You can also the caching and and uh, cloud aspects of it are whatever hardware you want to throw at it. Okay, okay. So I, I'm more wondering for like ownership purposes and and you know like the, the privacy for the company type of thing. Are we putting stuff out there on Google that? That they're going to build, right. you know, in the cloud, or or do we run it on? It seems to be all on premises right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's offering a service of like, hey, we'll Bazel build your stuff. But there's not really the, the technology for that part isn't very interesting. So the hosted whatever isn't where the magic is. Awesome. Um, it also sounds like, in terms of the technology, it sounds a little similar to some of the problems systems a long time ago in terms of source control to solve, and I forget the name of it because it's been a couple of decades, but that whole notion of like if it were a larger monolith or specific sets of three or four client server where you've got like two large servers and one dedicated client or something like that where you've got that sort of an ecosystem sounds of the type of environment where you get a bang for the buck as opposed to something yeah. like a modern containerized or more abstracted right. type so of it, yeah, Google, the original technology Google developed for a large monolithic repo called Google. I mean, it's all of their stuff is in pretty much everything in one repository. And it works well there. But the other thing that, that we're noticing is we have, unfortunately, a distributed monolith. And it actually manages that really well in that we have like teams working in their separate repositories, but we ship all of it together. 
and it does a good job of managing like okay that code comes from there and that code comes from there and we're going to bring them all together to make the final build but it knows how to let you work independently or together it handles that pretty well too it addresses any diamond dependency problems so like my project depends on those two depends on another one and and your dependency has updated but yours has not like that's a nightmare if when you have in, in any context but it's a nightmare you shouldn't have if you have complete control over all those source codes and basil makes that problem disappear cool. uh, so like i don't really know much about this technology but uh, you said at the outset that uh, I guess, I guess what you were kind of saying is that it takes a lot of groundwork and preparation to set up, so it's really not that great for a smaller project. Mm -hmm. But do you see that as something that's going to evolve to more simplicity, or is that fixed as of now? Uh, my guess is, a, is that there's a split in the, in like the industry's understanding of build between what is easy to maintain and what, uh, what can be reasoned about correctly. So you could, like for a really trivial project, your build could be uh, four lines of script that say compile, 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 copy. And that doesn't have any incrementality, the inputs and outputs aren't known, but it's easy to maintain. And I think that, that that's the split there. Cool, thank you. I dug up the name from my memory. It was called Clearcase. Clearcase, okay. Um, I'm just curious, what was the point on Clearcase? Because I've used it before. Um, I, well, I believe at the time it had that capability for build caching for certain oh, artifact okay. outputs. One of its counted benefits. Oh. Spike on.